Hello, and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Adi Adewusi. I'm a big tech product manager, mathematician, futurist, tech optimist, artist, and creator. And I'm here every week bringing you the news, the hot topics in tech, some career advice, an update on the markets, and letting you know what I'm geeked out about. So before I get into today's episode, which is action-packed, full of news, go ahead and subscribe. If you're not already, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and click the like button. If you are listening on your podcast player, go ahead and subscribe or follow. I have all the links in the show notes um, for my social media. If you want to follow me on Instagram or TikTok, I'm at Edition with Addy. Twitter, at Edition Pod. Or my personal Twitter is at Addy Adewusi. And last but not least, if you want the episodes directly into your email inbox, along with the detailed show notes with all the links to the articles, go ahead and subscribe to the Substack. It's free. It's editionpod.substack.com. Okay, let's get into the markets. So Bitcoin is at 19,738. It is down 7.27% over the past seven days. Ethereum is at 1,435 and is down 16.51% over the past seven days. So that's crazy because just, if not last night, the night before, it was the Ethereum merge. I have a link to all of the merge news on Coindesk. Um, I've talked about this in my previous episode, but basically Ethereum was shifting from proof of work to proof of stake. It is much more energy efficient. Um, The founder of Ethereum said they actually reduced all energy consumption in the world by 0.2% by making this move from proof of work to proof of stake. That being said, the markets obviously don't care. Um, Ethereum is down over 16% at the time of recording. It is 6.12 on Friday, September 16th right now. I know the Ethereum community is really upset by this because they're basically using the merge as a narrative to pump the price of Ethereum. It worked slightly, but not very well. I'm curious to see where Ethereum goes by this because now that it's much more energy efficient, maybe more people are more inclined to work on Ethereum projects and more people working on Ethereum projects means more you know, business for the blockchain. But at the same time, there's all these crypto regulation task force being created. Um, crypto is very uncertain right now. So we shall see. That being said, as you know, I have my crypto. It's locked on my cold storage ledger wallet. And the reason why I haven't sold is because, um, so I use the sunk cost fallacy. So the money that I spent on Bitcoin and Ethereum um, back in, when did I buy it? Maybe January. Um, It was a temporary dip at the time. Obviously it's dipped significantly lower since then. I'm down significantly. Even though, like, if I had that same amount of money, would I buy Bitcoin and Ethereum now? Absolutely. And I would actually buy more than I initially purchased. If if the if I was watching the price action that happened this week and saw it drop like over 50%, 70%, I would absolutely take that money and buy it now. So why would I sell it? Um, so it's sitting there in cold storage. I'm praying for the day that I can, you know, cash it out. Or who knows, maybe the society will be that will be the currency. So I'll just happen to have some saved um, in my, you know, cold storage bank account. Anyway, I'm done going on and on about crypto. Moving on to the stock market. So the S&P 500 is down 4.77% over the past five days. The NASDAQ is down 5.48% over the past five days. Uh, For what I heard, 
it's because the inflation um, and inflation went down the last time we did a check on inflation and now it's creeping back up. So there's a lot of fear that inflation isn't going away and the Fed's going to keep raising rates, which they probably are. And that is um, scaring stock market investors. Not a great time. Let me just quickly check what the year-to-date returns are. So S&P 500 is down 18.73% year-to-date. The NASDAQ is down 26.82% year-to-date. The only positive that we have here is that if we're still continuing to invest every paycheck in our 401k, you know, we're buying hopefully the bottom, but I'm, I'm smiling because I don't want to cry. Like, this is not a great year for investing. Okay, so let's get into the hot topics in deck. So I started with the great news because fortunately it's been a long time. There's actually really good news in tech. Um, and then, of course, I have one negative story that I have to share. So let's start with Adobe buying Figma. So this headline is from CNBC. $20 billion Figma deal is a historic coup for startup investors in another in an otherwise miserable year, which I already just discussed. Um, some, some points from the article, I quote, just over a year after raising money at a $10 billion valuation, Figma is getting bought by twice that price by Adobe. Shares of Adobe plunged on the deal, which valued Figma at roughly 50 times annualized recurring revenue. Figma top venture firms are each poised to make over $1 billion, end quote. So this is epic. And I'm excited to talk about this because, um, as you know, I'm, I'm an artist and creator. I, I do have... I have used both Adobe products and Figma. I do have some graphic design experience. I have worked with designers that heavily use Figma in previous product management roles. I immediately see the benefit to Figma over Photoshop. I think Photoshop is almost impossible to learn. I've taken so many Photoshop courses um, in school and online, and still whenever I open the Photoshop app, I don't even know where to start. So Figma is just way more user-friendly and it's incredibly collaborative. I believe Adobe has a, they, they have somewhat of a competing product, but I don't think it's successful. Designers have raised their hand saying that we prefer Figma. So people are, obviously Adobe stock price is down because of this purchase, but Adobe needed to buy Figma because to recreate Figma on their own, obviously, it's not working because Figma's winning with you know way less employees, way less support. And they're losing market share. Um, so they this is a defensive deal. I don't think they see this as an investment or a return on investment. This is a this is defending their position as being the premium design uh, technology company, which they have been for, you know, I'm sure decades at this point. So I think it's a smart decision. $20 billion is a lot of money, um, but maybe, I mean, Figma had the leverage in the negotiation. So um, we'll talk about negotiations, I'm sure, at a uh, later episode. I believe I did a salary negotiation conversation or a podcast a few months ago. I'll find it and link it in the show notes, show notes but leverage is everything. Um, so Figma, Figma did not need to sell to Adobe. Figma was thriving. So Adobe needed to come and pull, you know, go deep in their pockets, and they did. 
Okay, moving on. This is more geeky crypto news. So doodles. Oh, and let me get the the headline from this is from Forbes. So Reddit's Ohanian leads 54 million doodles capital raise. So if you don't know what doodles are, they are an NFT collection. Honestly, one of my favorite NFT collections. As you all know, if you are an early listener, I'm a big fan of Bored Abe's very close second is doodles doodles they're cute um i'll actually just quote from the article they describe it better amid generally i quote and this is from uh, forbes amid generally somber conditions in the non-fungible token or nft market colorful profile picture maker doodles raised 54 million of equity funding today backed by reddit co-founder alexis ohanian's 776 a crew capital FTX Ventures and 10T Holdings also participated in the fundraising. Doodles, which began minting its pastel NFTs less than a year ago, has created one of the largest profile picture collections on the internet. The 10,000 image collection has a collective value of about 121 million, according to NFT price floor. Board Ape Yacht Club, the leading NFT series, has a market valuation of $1.27 billion. So, end quote. Um, So this is amazing. So as I talked earlier in the episode about crypto prices, crypto prices are crypto prices, right? Whereas NFT is art. So there's a lot more flexibility in the pricing and people would could also argue there's a lot more, um, you know, ability to manipulate the price. Uh, So who knows what the true value of NFTs are, but at the same time, who knows what the true value of the Mona Lisa painting is, you know? Um, Art in general is just a a market that is very hard to price, and it does leave people baffled in terms of how much these things are valued. But um, Doodles, I'm happy for you. It's a great, um, it's great energy that the crypto community re- needs right now. Basically, even though the prices are tanking, crypto's still out there. It's still raising money. Um, NFTs, honestly, crypto needs to thank NFTs for keeping them relevant, really. NFTs are why I got into crypto. Um, I knew about Bitcoin and Ethereum before, it just never interested me. As Soon as I heard about NFTs, that's when I started going down the rabbit hole on crypto. NFTs are keeping the crypto system afloat. I think if NFTs weren't a thing, prices would be significantly lower than they are now. Um, Doodles, I believe, runs on the Ethereum blockchain, so it's great that they are aligned to... Well, I guess most uh, NFT blockchains are proof of stake, like uh, Solana as well as Ethereum. But um, yeah, congrats, Doodles. Okay, so let's get into the bad news. Twilio layoffs. So this headline is from a CNBC article, Twilio to lay off 11% of its workforce. Um, I quote from the article, Twilio will lay off 11% of its workforce as part of a major restructuring plan, according to a filing. The plan will aim to improve operating margins, create a better selling capacity, and reduce operating costs. And quickly, I'm going to look at the article to check the headcount. So as of December 31st, 2021, Twilio had 7,867 employees. 10% of that is 786. That's a lot of people. 
Uh, Twilio is a company that was a, a startup darling for a while. The val- you know, it was their VCs had a great exit when Twilio went public. Um, you know, it was kind of seen as the next Fang. Um, Fang meaning Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. In terms of cachet, um, they paid really well. So this is a surprise. This hit people really hard. Um, but I did see a tweet from Jerjali Arose. I'm, I hope I'm not pronouncing his name wrong. He's the writer of the Pragmatic Engineer Substack. If you subscribe to my Substack, there's an like you'll see after you subscribe recommendations. This is one I highly recommend, the Pragmatic Engineer. It gives you all the, the scoop and the tea on big tech and also teaches you how to have a successful engineering career. Um, I'm not an engineer, but I still find it incredibly relevant because it's very focused on big tech. So his his tweet, which I will quote, and I will, of course, have this link in the show notes. Um, The severance pay, I quote, the severance pay, the severance is generous, 12 weeks of pay plus one week per every year of tenure. They get the, well, I'm quoting, full value of the next stock vest, support to find new roles, even more support to those on visas. Note from me, meaning Jersey, not much more you can ask for in terms of support and severance these days, end quote. So first of all, great to know what a target severance is. In these uncertain times, um, we should know what to be negotiating for um, and to tell our friends, you know, if uh, we find ourselves or our friends or our network in this situation. So this is three months pay plus a week per every year of tenure. Twilio is a relatively young company, so um, this could be, um, I, I don't know the exact date, but let's say they have additional like five to 10 weeks, depending on how long they've been at the company. Full value of the next stock fest, that's amazing. Um, especially since the stock, um, let me just check CNBC real quick. The stock, of course, is up today. The market loves layoffs. Um, and yeah, and support to find new roles. I mean, these the people laid off from Twilio are going to be in very high demand. Uh, Twilio has a great um, reputation in the tech community. I can't describe to you what Twilio does. Um, I understand it's some sort of back-end architecture, dev tools type company, um, not my expertise, but essential critical infrastructure um, for tech companies or non-tech companies. So yeah, um, you know, let's pour one out for the Twilio employees who were laid off. Would love to, um, you know, if you are hiring, definitely leave a comment, uh, send me an email so I can announce that next episode. But yeah, but at least we only had one bad news episode um, or news article today. Of course, there is the Uber hack, which I'm not going to get into because it's not necessarily relevant for career. But um, yes, tech, I, hopefully we are, we're going to get more good news moving forward. All right, so let's get into the career segment. As you know, I'm doing the first 90-day series as I'm going through my first 90 days at Google. So it, I'm in. I'm ending my seventh week, or I'm in week eight, I forget. But um, let's talk about goal setting for performance reviews. So I have some do's and don'ts. Um, if you're in your performance re- review season, or if you haven't had a performance review before, so typically you set goals with your manager you know, at least once or twice a year, and 
at the end of the year or, you know, six months, 90 days, you check in and see how you've progressed towards your goals. So um, I right now what I'm going to be talking about in terms of do's and don'ts are the goal setting period. So here's some do's. So first, align expectations with your manager. You want before you submit anything into your tool, you want to make sure you and your manager are aligned. And this may take several conversations. I still have not submitted my goals yet. Um, I'm still doing back and forth with my manager. Um, also, if you're going for promo, ask what you need to be considered for promo. For promo, because you want to include that. Um, in your goals and expectations because you want to say, you know, we discussed this on this day. Uh, you said this would make me a strong candidate for promo. A year later, you want to say, okay, so I did this. I achieved this. I exceeded this expectation. Let's talk about promo. So you want to have that conversation up front and not just bring it up a year later when you're getting reviewed and your manager had no idea you wanted to go for promo. Um, if your manager signs you goals, speak up ASAP if you're concerned about your workload, like ASAP. I know it's scary, but you have to do it. Um, and th uh, the way that I would recommend doing it is present a singular view of all the items that your manager is asking you to do and ask for help prioritizing. That starts the conversation where they are forced to see that you have a lot on your plate. Um, and Hopefully, this will lead to things being shifting off or reprioritized. Okay, so let's get into the don'ts. So don't rush to complete your goal setting. As I mentioned, I'm definitely taking my time. I want to see how things play out, um, especially if you're starting new. Um, you know, you may think, oh, this is easy to achieve, and then you a few weeks in, you realize you hit major roadblocks. So you want to um, don't don't feel rushed. Like there are deadlines for a reason. Um, just get it in before the deadline. Also, don't complain. Um, again, if your manager is assigning you goals and you feel overwhelmed, don't complain. Just, like I said before, present a singular view of all your items and ask for help prioritizing. Also, don't get angry because they likely, they meaning your managers, likely just don't know that you are overwhelmed. So don't get angry. It's not personal. Like, this is, we're adults. We're just having a conversation. It doesn't have to be that serious. Also, don't agree to anything you don't think you can meet or exceed expectations for. And that's hard um, because we, it, it forces us to humble ourselves. Um, you know, if you're an overachiever, recovering perfectionist like me, we want to be able to say yes to everything. But if you say yes to everything and then you don't achieve all your goals, then at, even though you're a, a high performer, you still won't, you know, get that bonus or promotion or or maybe even get poor marks in your performance review. So don't agree to anything if you don't think you can meet or exceed expectations. Have those back and forth conversations with your manager. I know they're difficult conversations, but there's a quote, I believe it's from Tim Ferriss. Don't, don't quote me on this, but um, success can be dictated or like basically Difficult conversations lead to for success. If you want to be successful, be prepared to have a lot of difficult conversations. The more you can handle difficult conversations, the more successful you will be. Okay, so let's get into what I'm geeked out about this week. So I want to give you an update on fantasy football because I'm actually having such a great time. I'm so glad I did it. I'm five out of 10 in my league ranked and I feel really confident going into this week two matchup. Um, so I think I'm going to rank a little bit higher next week. We'll see. 
Um, I, I enjoy the challenge of switching out players. It's not like you set your team at the beginning and forget it. Um, one of my kickers got injured. Um, one of my quarterbacks is questionable. Um, so I've been forced to like switch out players. So that kind of keeps it interesting and engaging. And it really brings me closer to my colleagues and especially male friends in my you know, outside of work and my network and even my family. All of a sudden, me and my brother have something else to talk about besides the stock market. Um, so, and again, it's legitimately fun. So I just want to give you an update on that. I'm still geeked out about it. I downloaded the app now. I feel like a pro. It's, you know, it's, it's really helping me connect to my team, which was the whole point in the first place. So again, I encourage you to try something new that is engaging and will help you bond with your team. Okay, so that's today's episode. I will talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye.